My name is Sarah Inglis, and I am a certified health coach. I help people thrive in their bodies and reclaim the health they've always wanted. Each week, I interview people who have a passion for health. You'll hear from health experts, farmers, herbalists, doctors, chefs, and many more. My hope is that they'll inspire us all to tune into our gut and notice how lifestyle and food impact us. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Maria Lawton about her love and passion for Portuguese, specifically Azorean cooking, from her birthplace of São Miguel, an island off the coast of Portugal. Maria had a vision of recovering her family's recipes to keep alive not only her heritage, but for everyone to enjoy. With determination and belief in her mission, she created and hosts the PBS series, Maria's Portuguese Table, and is currently working on its second season. She's also published a cookbook of the same name. In this episode, my childhood friend, Lisa DeLand, a passionate cook herself and lover of Portuguese food, is joining me. We all live on the south coast of Massachusetts, where Portuguese is the second language, and we're delighted to have this opportunity to spread the word about Maria's delicious cuisine. So I'm, I am so, I, I looked at the videos I could find online and I read, you know, the intro to your cookbook. What a journey you have been on with your cooking and, yeah. and did it, did you have a vision of everything up front or did it start with the cookbook or was it gathering your mom's recipes or? I was born in the Azores. I, um, I was born in uh, the island. Um, the Azores is an archipelago of nine islands. And uh, I am, um, my family, even though I can trace my family back, eight generations back to the mainland, um, we, um, we were in San Miguel, the, the largest island of the, of the nine. And, uh, and we came over when it was in the 60s, the mid-60s. And at that point, um, Portugal was under dictatorship. It was uh, a very, very hard time in everyone's life. And as I mentioned to many people who now go to the Azores and go, why would anybody leave? Or they go to Portugal and they go, why would anybody leave? Well, nobody leaves if they're doing well and are happy. And, you know, they leave not because they're not they don't love their country. They leave because they want better for their family. And, and that's what my, my parents did. My, um, my dad was the last one in, I mean, I'm sorry. My dad was the only one in his family who immigrated over my mom. Uh, my mom's family had, she was the last one in her family to come over. Um, I think my dad was holding out for things to get better, you know? Um, and, so, you know, we came here, we, we came um, to New Bedford. That's where my mom's side of the family was. And we all know it was an enclave of Portuguese people. Uh, I, I mean, so many bakeries, this, that. But, you know, when I came here, they, my grandparents were, um, they were really instrumental in making sure that I never forgot who I was. And, and that's a really important thing for anyone, no matter what nationality. We've got to be proud of who we are and where we come from, because we didn't just, you know, get here. <laughs> we, you know, we stand on so many shoulders. In school, I spoke English. At home, I had to speak Portuguese because they did not want me to forget the language. And then my grandfather would give me Portuguese lessons in the sense of history. Best way to describe it, if you've ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, and you have the, the father who everything is, well, the Greeks did it this way, and the Greeks did it better and all that. Just change that and have it be my grandfather. Sundays, it's... Um, you know, the Sunday dinners with family, just the whole thing of being Portuguese and what it means and how proud we are and food is love, mm -hmm. like it is with all these 
with different nationalities. You know, you, you my mom, we lived in a three-family oh, home in the south end of mm -hmm. New Bedford. Yep. Everybody and in was there. Our, mm -hmm. Exactly. And anyone who lived in New Bedford and Fall River knows exactly what we're talking about. They're three-deckers. Um, and what was uh, the reason for that? We all know it's for housing labor mm -hmm. to work in all of the factories that was there. Right. And so, but my parents owned the home. We lived in the first floor. My grandparents lived on the second. My aunt and uncle lived on the third. So, you know, I got home from school. I would go straight to my grandmother's because she'd always have sweets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what kind, what kind and, of um, sweets? I'm curious. Oh, Oh my goodness! The, the pastries, the pastries. Oh, she would. Well, Ooh. first of all, she would bake. Her, her thing is baking. Mm -hmm. She was not a very good cook. She was an amazing baker. Whereas my mom was a wonderful cook, and baking was eh, I have to bake right. whatever. So it was best of both worlds. That's it really yeah. was. Yeah. It really was. So I would get home, and. You know, drop my stuff up, zoop, go upstairs, you know, and uh, my grandmother would have, like, these puddings made for me. Mm. <laughs> and when she'd have leftover bread, she would make what we call fetillage de radish, which means golden slices. Now, look at that mm. name. It's so, it makes your mouth water. I know, I was going to say, I'm, sal <laughs> I'm like, salivating. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> What these golden slices are is you don't make waste of anything. So you take really two-day-old, three-day-old, you know, it would never get to three yeah. days for mm -hmm. bread. I, I mean, who's kidding? Yeah. <laughs> bread would be I gone. And, uh, but you needed to have old stale bread. And so what you do, it is our Portuguese version of French toast, but in a whole other mm, level. Really? So I will give you oh, how to do this. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is now, we're going we're to be doing a recipe. Okay. Hey, I, I have um, my pencil in all hand. Right. Sarah, all right. Uh, and eggs. this is a great thing in the morning. Okay. And uh, so what you do is okay, we're you get, you have to have stale bread. Stale, stale Portuguese what bread. What do, kind of bread though? Portuguese. You know Sweet what? Bread. I, I'm Just... not going to, because not everybody has access to Portuguese bread. Oh, we do. Uh, Whoever is listening to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we do. Yeah. We're very lucky mm. in that sense. Heck, we, we've got bakeries all, you know, at almost every corner. Um, but. If you can't, you can get Italian bread. Italian bread mm -hmm, is fine. Mm -hmm. If you can get a French baguette, get a French baguette. I mean, a really good, uh, yummy bread that you like, mm -hmm, that you have extra mm -hmm, of. Mm -hmm. And so what you're going to do is you're going to cut them mm -hmm. into thick slices. Mm -hmm. Cut thick. And, um, and if you just bought the bread the day before and you want to make it, you're going to have to leave it out for some hours for it to get yeah. 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 yeah, it that's the key. That's the key. Because the next step is you're going to be making um the custard. Oh my goodness, what well, I'm the okay, custard. You got it, honey. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, you got it. You, I'm like touching my nose. You got it. You know, you know. And it's the eggs, yep. the milk, the cream, mm. the sugar, mm -hmm. oh, the milk vanilla. and cream. Oh, Ooh. yum. Oh, the richer yeah. the, the better, creamier, Sarah. Yeah, the creamier. <laughs> the creamier the better. Yeah. If you're going to make it, do, do it. it right. Do it. Yeah. I mean, don't have to do it. You got to do it. You got to put your whole heart in it. And um and so what you do is you lay down these um sugar. these slices and you're going to put the, um, that custard, that cream, mm -hmm. that creamy goodness all on top of that, mm -hmm. uh, those slices. Too, While so. that's soaking up all the goodness, right. okay, you're going to, on the side, you're going to make a mixture of regular sugar, cinnamon, uh, um, mm -hmm. um, and you're going to kind of like toss the two together, you know, mm -hmm. mix yeah. the two together, mm -hmm. and leave it aside mm -hmm. in another... Okay. I, I, I like... I like a square pan to do that with. And then you're going to have um, your frying pan. Mm -hmm. You're going to get your frying pan ready. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get oil, enough oil, like a quarter-inch mm -hmm. kind of. Any spe oh, okay. special kind because, of oil, Maria? You know, I like um, a non-flavored like canola of oil. When to, yes, I think that's the best way to okay. do it. Because I don't want an added flavor no. when I fry. Oh, okay. Especially uh, the extra virgin olive oil would not. Yeah. Correct. Mm. No, I don't and like And not doing butter. That. I like to. 
Well, well. you can add <laughs> butter into your oil. Exactly. I, I will never. I like <laughs> and you know what? And the that's flavor. what I do. And yeah. what's what's wonderful about that is when that oil, when that butter melts into that oil, mm -hmm. it gives that extra that I think is amazing. And I love that when I cook as well. Whenever I heat the two together, I do it. I, I just don't do one. I do the yeah. two. Yes. But mm -hmm. that's me. And when I say that to people, they're like, oh, my God, more butter, you know. But Oh, well. It's so, <laughs> so good. At this, full of nutrients. At this point, full of nutrients, you know. Butter. Full of butter. nutrients. It has it's a, yeah. it's a bad rap. It's a whole food. <laughs> you know, it, you're right. Yeah. No, you're seriously. You're absolutely yeah. right. It is, I will do that. I will not. And people go, oh, I cook with margarine. Why? Oh, no, no, no. That, Why? That, it's all fake. Yeah. It's all plastic. Uh, it's it's the ingredients that are in it is pretty much plastic. Yeah, that's yeah. not no, even in no, my No, that's home. not healthy. I yeah. do not like, as my father used to say, oleo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So when uh, that bread now, while you've been doing all this other stuff, this bread has been soaking, soaking up. Mm -hmm. Correct. Delicious. Yeah. You got to get so that custard what, in there. <laughs> Uh -huh. So what you're going to do now that the oil with the butter is set up, um, we're going to now put uh, these soaked up pieces of bread that uh, are just like, have just literally kind of like a sponge. Everything mm -hmm. in. Okay. It really yeah. is like a sponge. And if it doesn't look like a sponge and it's too still wet, uh, you can wait a little bit longer okay. until you put it in the oil, oh, okay? okay? Yep. And um, so you're going to take that and you're going to deep fry it. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Now, now we're getting away from the healthy yes, aspect. Yes, my, 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 <laughs> my son especially is going to love this yeah. the next time I see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so you're going to get it at a point where you don't want the it too high. Mm -hmm. in temperature in the oil right. because you don't want to cook the outside or burn the outside without the inside being a little bit you know what yes. I mean? You Moisture. Just, you you want it to be cooked sure but cooked. moist. Yeah. You don't want it all right. cooked mushy through. in the So middle. do you use a Correct. medium heat then to? I do. I use a low to medium okay. heat. Yeah, low to medium. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I can give it time for it to fry really nicely mm -hmm. on that side. Mm -hmm. And then I take it, once it's nice and golden mm -hmm. on that other side, then flip it over to the other mm -hmm. and continue on the same. And when that side is already nice and golden, it's done. Mm -hmm. When both sides are done, mm -hmm. then you take that oh, I know what you're and you do. put it into that tray mm, that has the cinnamon sugar. The cinnamon sugar. And you're going to toss that around mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. and leave it aside. And you keep doing that with all your slices and then you serve that. Mm. And I will tell mm. you, as soon as my grandmother would make one, I'd be eating it. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I would not wait for it to cool down yeah, for me to eat. Delicious. It was so taking something that's like, you know, people would go, ah, it's old bread. But she would elevate it to a, this incredible dessert, you know? Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear. My first love in the kitchen is baking because that is what I did with my grandma. Oh, yeah. okay. Did you call her Vavo? Vavo? I called her Vavo. Yeah, Vavo. Yeah. But I would also call her Madrina. Oh. And Madrina is godmother. Yes. She oh. was my baptismal grandma, okay. godmother. Oh, same thing in Spanish. So, I speak Spanish. Yeah, but so it, Madringa? it supersedes. Madrina. Supersedes. Oh, yeah, it supersedes Avo or Vavo. She was my madrina. Oh, okay. That is, yeah. that was my, that was the respect. Yeah. She was my madrina. So, uh, so yeah, so in baking cakes with her, I'd be the one, you know, mixing with her. I'd be putting it in the pan. I, you know, little cakes. We would not make, and that's the key thing. We see cakes now, these huge cakes. Uh, no, uh, usually ten, Portuguese All cakes. little pastries, Are yeah. usually smaller. Mm -hmm. They're a smaller size. Because they would be made for the afternoon Tea. Tea yeah. So that's so, so much like the no, British, actually. Yeah, I have a British friend, and she had five boys, has oh, five good. sons. 
And I'll never forget when my daughter would go over to play with her daughter, she always, you know, this wasn't that long ago, always had a cake for tea. Always. Always. Yeah. Always. Yes, Every, always. That was. And if you go, if you go to my family in the Azores or, you know, or if they're in the mainland or whatever, there will always be, especially in the Azores, a, mug, a pot of tea um, with little cakes or some kind of desserts or whatever it is. And so whether it's like in the middle of the day, after lunch, uh, before dinner, or, you know, it's always, there is always something sweet. And then in, of course, in the summertime, um, you, there would always be like biscuits or something because you don't want to put the oven on for two. So it'd be like a little different type of biscuit that would be made. And then also, you know, that would go with tea, but desserts would change and it would be more the fruit, the fruit of the season. That was a lot of times our desserts. Um, so it, and at evening or on weekends, the fruits would be tossed in some port wine. Mm. That's another story. Oh, that's oh, another story. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So it was always taking what was in season. And that is a very thing that people forget. What is our way of cooking? Our way of cooking is a very simple way of cooking. Um, and as is in the Greeks and the Italians and the, it's what is in season, what we use, what we make. And, you know, a lot of people, when I talk about, oh, I'm Portuguese, and they're like, oh, I go to Portuguese restaurants, and, you know, it's a, a, a dish, and then it's double, um, you know, Start, oh, my God, I know. <laughs> what is that? You know, where's the vegetable? The rice and, and the French the... fries together. And Ooh. I, um, so mm. I have to backtrack and say, that is a thing on restaurants. That is not a typical Portuguese home. You always had vegetables, always. But the vegetable came in as a soup, and you always oh, started your meal with a soup. Oh, wow. Always. So that's also like so, the Polish. I have a friend who's Polish, and her daughter, she works, um, and so she taught her daughters. She taught her daughters at a very young age to make vegetable soup. Yeah. Like be, so yeah. they could start it before she got home, you know, when they were old enough. Yeah. I yeah. find this so um, interesting, the way these cultures very intersect. Inter yes. Yeah, they... We are so interconnected. It's incredible. We really are. You know, I, I think um, the more we realize through food how we are connected, it is, uh, it kind of, uh, if we could only all sit down and eat together, I think we could solve so much. I, really I know. I, I, I think agree. that's true. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to ask you about your soups, so though. The vegetable I, soups. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. yeah so the I thing love is, making soup. Yes, yeah, that's so why. The, the thing of, of the, the vegetable soup is, once again, what is in season. So yeah. mm -hmm. it would be, I knew that spring was coming, or we were in spring when we had watercress soup. Oh, I mean, oh. watercress was huge. It wasn't kale. We did not have kale. We did not grow up with, you know, in if you go to Portugal and stuff, it's not kale. They don't have they don't <laughs> use kale. It's no. collards. Thought... It's collards. Oh, okay. Now that okay. Is a, that's news to me. Yeah. I thought kale it's was a... so Portuguese. No, and... no. Yes, See, likewise. what happened is, is when we came here, it's a specific... Um, the collard, or that's the one that comes closest. It's in the cabbage family, what okay. we use there. It's in the cabbage family. And it's this gigantic leaf that we would use, and we would call it curve. We call it curve. And so uh. we came here, and we're looking for curves. And there is no curves here. There is no, <laughs> what, it's not what's here. It? Yeah. It's well, like they a, have collards uh, down south. Is that different? Yes, it's, it's, yeah. It's different, but it's the same. It's the closest. Yeah, the it's collards. The closest. Yeah, they, collard so, greens that they cook right, for hours. Right. Yep. And when yep. I see collard greens and some of the stuff, the way they cook, I go, oh, my God, they're, I bet you they're all Portuguese. Because there's different things that they use with pork fat and this and putting right. pork oh, yeah. fat yeah, and this and that into way. foods, yeah. into breads. And I'm like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. I, I bet you someone went down there and did that. And, again, we're all interconnected. 
We're all right, together. Right. And the ham uh, hawk goes so, into the collar. So coming here, it was kale was available. So we mm -hmm. used kale. Oh, oh that's so thing. that's like the fusion or whatever, Correct. you know. It does uh, not mean you go to Portugal and you ask right. for kale soup. There is no such thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. In the Crazy. same way, there's no I... such thing as shrimp Mozambique. I knew that. I did. <laughs> It's not. You know, I, I learned that at the hairdresser. Because I, I get people who send me messages and go, I just came back from, you know, Portugal, and I asked for shrimp Mozambique, and they were looking at me. Well, how come I couldn't find it? Because it's created here. It was created here. There, it's a garlic shrimp. It's a garlic and butter shrimp. There is no Mozambique sauce. You know, Mozambique is a colony in that Portugal had in Africa. And, uh... And they have the hot, spicy pepper that we all use and all of the peri-peri. That's where it came from. It's also grown in Brazil. Uh, you know, it's all of these, like, different things that have gone. And, and we can go into history of food. But it's inter—once it comes here, it gets Americanized. And so we, we have a different way of doing it. So spring was watercress soup. Then it became pea soup. It became green bean soup. It became carrot soup. It became butter squash soup, a pumpkin soup. It went on through the seasons. And there would always be some with bean puree in it so that it was that creamy uh, texture in the background of a soup was a white bean puree or a kidney bean puree to add that creaminess, that Oh, that amazing texture to it that you would say, oh, what the heck is that? It's beans. Would you even do that with a uh, watercress soup? Uh, it would be a potato a, puree. It'd be a, a potato oh, okay. puree. Oh, uh, right. One. Yeah, that would so be. So it'd be a, puta a oh, potato puree delicious. with watercress really with a chicken stock. You know, granted, mm -hmm. we have a chicken soup that we make. We make kanja. Kanja, if you go to China, it's called kanji. Yes. Kanji, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, right. we were in... We were in Macau. That right. was one of our uh, colonies. So right. we brought a lot of our stuff there. Uh, that was something that was interworked. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go to India, we were in Goa. Uh, right. So you go there, they have a thing called, as we all know, Vandaloo. That's Portuguese mm -hmm. for Vingadayush. It's a which take, you... which is... Uh, wine and uh, garlic marinade. Oh. It is all yeah. interconnected, interconnected Con with our food. Our history of food is beyond the one hour time we have to talk. It could go... Oh, that could be a whole nother um, podcast. That's <laughs> so interesting. So, yeah. so I grew up in with all that. Well, within a... I married. I married an English Irishman. I think I was the only one in my family who married outside of the Portuguese realm. And my, my husband loves everything there is about uh, oh. Portuguese food, culture, the mm -hmm. whole bit. Uh, I love my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. And I don't know, it's hard sometimes people to say that, but I love, I adore <laughs> my mother-in-law. And But she was not a very good cook. She mm. loved baking. She would bake, but she was not a mm -hmm. very good cook. So uh, when my husband had his first meal that my mom made uh, for us on a Sunday dinner, he said that is when he realized that meat was not gray. Oh. <laughs> that, that meat had flavor. Had flavor. <laughs> that it wasn't just salt and pepper. You know, mm -hmm. so it um, his palate pretty much blew up it blew exploded up. <laughs> exploded yeah but his favorite of meals was always italian yeah. so uh. because i didn't know how to cook i uh when we married i bought every italian cookbooks there was mm. and i learned and i taught myself italian mm -hmm. how to make italian food and because i didn't want to cook Portuguese, because my mom would cook Portuguese, and you don't compete with mom. Oh, that, no, <laughs> I couldn't. My mother was a fabulous cook. I would never. Correct, and everything, <laughs> everything that I would make, I it would be, uh, 
Not really. Uh, you know. Not oh, no. Yeah, Sorry, not Maria. Yeah. Like, stay in your sort lane. Of, you're almost there. Yeah, stay in your lane. So, yeah. okay. Stay in your lane. Stay in lane. I, I'll do Italian. And I'm right. really good at Italian. I am so good at Italian that Italians think I'm Italian. That's all I have to say. I turned to my husband and I said, um, you know, we have three daughters. I don't ever want them to forget who they came mm -hmm. from, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get my mom's recipe. I'm going to get all these things together because I'm going to make it for them and for my nieces and nephews. And that was a four year journey because my sisters didn't have all the recipes. Um, you know, I would try to get it from family, from whatever friends, um, Every island cooks differently because I had friends from different islands. Every island cooks differently. The islands cook different from the mainland. Mm -hmm. um, within an island, village to village cooks differently. And wow. this is this is the same way that I can say for the United States. If we give, you know, four ingredients to someone in New England, someone in the Midwest, someone out, you know, in the South, someone, you know, whatever, out in California, they're not, everyone's going to cook something different with those same ingredients mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, there's going to be different techniques. There's going to be different seasonings. There's going to be whatever. So I couldn't replicate what my mom had made and um, not to the way I wanted. And I had a list of recipes I wanted. So that took me to go back to the Azores and cook with my elderly aunts and cousins for a month. I stayed there for a month and I literally went through cooking Whoa. everything that That's... I wanted to cook. That's and intense. That must have been pretty intense. But because I wanted it for my children. I wanted yeah. it for my children. More than anything, I wanted to preserve my family recipes and history for my children. And mm. anyone listening out there, I don't care what nationality you are, you need to do the same. Yes. You know, oh, because once we're gone, it we're gone. Yeah. We're gone and it dies know. with us. It dies and with us. Like what you were saying before, and it is a history. It's a history of your family. It you is. know, what it is. we lost when my mother died. She had a cookbook that, you know, handwritten cookbook, and it disappeared. Nobody can find it. None of my oh. sisters, my brother. Yeah, we don't know what happened to it. So mm. I've, I've been trying to get recipes from, yeah, some of my sisters, but I think we were all heart broken oh i understand because, that right it, that's more than the bible that has the genealogy of your family and yeah. it's like that cookbook is because that's yeah. from it our heart the family it's, bible it, yes it is yeah. it is the family bible because it comes mm -hmm. from their heart that is what mm. they gave us to soothe us to mm. celebrate with us all the mm. things that we uh that we put together our memories I, I have to tell you, and this is something that I learned along the way, and I said, of course it does. It makes perfect sense. The memories that we take on for the rest of our life, the things that stick with us is memories around that table. Mm -hmm. Because that is the food, the smell, all those things that trigger those memories. And I, you know, I've shared before, you know, I there was one recipe that I could not get that I got from cooking with my elderly aunt. Um, and when we were making it, I just like broke down oh. and cried oh. because I felt for the first time my parents were with me. Mm. It felt and it smelled. It smelled like it's I walked the, into yeah. her kitchen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she was mm -hmm. making that dinner. Mm -hmm. it, was it that is, your mom's sister? No, my dad's sister. Your dad's sister. Yeah, mm -hmm. my dad's sister. And um, and I know I've shared this story before, but when I, when that happened and I turned to her and I said, oh, my God, it's, you know, because she sees me crying. She thinks something happened. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. And I explained to her. And she goes, well, that makes perfect sense. Your mom was taught to cook by my mom, your grandmother. Oh. Oh. And I'm like, no, my mom was a born cook. And she said, no, she was a horrible cook when she married your father. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> wow. That, <laughs> you unearthed an interesting fact yeah. <laughs> with that conversation. Because wow. she only Unexpected. knew how to bake because what? My grandmother was not a good cook. Was, yeah. was a baker. Mm -hmm. So there you go of the thing. So with that conversation, I went, okay, what I thought I could never make is attainable. 
I always had it that my mom was a born cook and I was not. So I couldn't compete at all. That changed everything. It really changed everything. So I got the book together. I made it for, I had friends of mine um, who have a, a printing company in Fall River and knew what I was doing. And they said, we'll put it together for you. Send us the files. We'll put the book together for you. And, you know, we'll make like, oh my God, a, a small amount that they would normally not make when they put into printing because they were my friends and they were doing this for me and whatever. So, okay. Well, it got out. And so the people who were putting the print together were like, I want a book. And then they shared it with friends and their friends were like, well, I want a book. And then it just mushroomed. And it was a slow, because everyone goes, oh my God, you know, how, how all the success. It was like the little train that could. It's been, it's been a very slow, organic process. And I wouldn't want it any other way because the people that have it are the people that should have it. The people that find it are the people that should find it. It just, and all of a sudden, like even to this day, I have people, even though it was, um, it's been out for what, five years? Sitting right here Seven, on the yes. counter. Yes. Here it is. Yes, well, I noticed. Yes. Who've and never... the photographs of uh, that you have are so wonderful in yeah. the beginning. I, I love I had the way you... The... I had to put them in there. It's my story. Yeah. Yes, yeah, your is. story, but it really gripped me. I thought this is beautiful. I it's yeah. That's what cooking is about. Yes. It is. In fact, my yeah. brother Sarah, we just ordered the cookbook for Book my for her my brother. brother's birthday. <laughs> oh, thank because you. Because he absolutely loves experimenting with Portuguese cuisine. Yeah. He has all the salts and all the spices. He loves it. He well, loves it. It's it's funny how you know, and, and all this it, the the show came from people wanting me to come in and do book talks, oh. and so I was doing speaking engagements and book talks. I did a book tour. I mean, my book got in the hands of a uh, of a publisher. Mm -hmm. I, I never sold my rights to the book. It is my book, but I worked with them to redo the cover and to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, do this or do that, tweak mm -hmm. it, make it whatever. Mm -hmm. I have a distributor. I mean, things that I would not normally know what to get. I really, mm -hmm. Union Park Press was the one who, who helped me along the way on all that. But I never sold the rights because it is my book. It is my story mm -hmm. and I am not selling it. Because once you sell those rights, it becomes their book and they can change it. Oh, however they, they want, want. and I'm, I'm not doing that I'm not doing no that. I I'm not doing I can that. understand it's so oh, deeply it's personal. personal it's a deeply personal, personal. and so, and you're being so authentic to share it it's a lot every every book talk I would have um someone would say why aren't we on tv why don't we have a cooking show that's on Portuguese cooking mm -hmm. and I would say you're absolutely right I hopefully somebody somewhere is going to do it well, you know, that's been many years. And so I, I can't remember where I was. I was having dinner with a good friend of mine and uh, here, in, um, here in Rhode Island. And she said, Maria, take that idea and bring it over to PBS. She said, I know so-and-so uh, there. Um, give them uh, a call. Okay. Give them a mm -hmm. call and say you'd like to come in and... Um, pitch them an idea that they think that you think they should be doing. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, because <laughs> you know, the whole Why thing not? is, is it, I, um, I'm not because I'm bilingual and I had to translate from my mom and my dad and my grandmother mm. and all that stuff from a very young age. I'm not afraid to speak. So mm -hmm. I'm not afraid. Sometimes when I would say I would translate, and my mom would be upset at something and I wasn't translating it in a certain way. She would say, mm -hmm. no, you have to repeat it in this angry voice that I have to him to relay <laughs> how angry I am. And mm -hmm. so as a young child, I would be oh, speaking to an adult in a very like, you have to do that is That's <laughs> quite a skill being a translator. That is not an easy no, skill not. set at so, all. They created yeah, with the right emotion behind yeah. it. They created someone who is not afraid to speak. So, and what's the worst that anyone can say to me? What's the worst? 
No. Mm-hmm. I'm a big girl. I can handle no. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. means you're not the right one. You're not mm-hmm. the right thing. You're not the right. Go on to the mm-hmm. next. And that's mm-hmm. it. No means next. I love that where you, I read that and no where your grandmother, next. I think, yeah. taught yes. you no means next. I thought always, that sums it up. That is so forward. wonderful. Yeah. She would Persistence. say, she would say, yeah. which means always forward. You always move forward. You don't let anyone hold you back. Go backwards. You always go forward. Mm. So that is it. I was trained well. I can't help it. Yes, you were. were. Yes. So, very well. I wise women and men. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think we all need to hear that and know that mm-hmm. no is the worst you can hear. We can survive no's. We're mm-hmm. all big mm-hmm. people. We can mm-hmm. survive it. Mm-hmm. It just means to keep going. Yeah. Uh, no means grow. It does. <laughs> you know? It yeah. does. It's a great and, lesson. And uh, so I made the call. They actually were picked up. They picked up. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh. And I suggested that I wanted to do that. And the woman was so sweet. She's like, oh, let me connect you too. And I connected too. And I said, hi, my name is Maria Lawton. I am good friends with, you know, and this is who she, she said I should give you a call because blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, do you want to come in? And we can talk in person. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, Okay. sure. (laughs) So Sounds good. <laughs> I go in and now I'm at a table and I'm with that person and I'm with like two other people and I'm like, hi, I'm Maria Lott and nice to meet you, you know, whatever. And this is what I think you need to do. So when you think of, a, of it, I even say this to my husband, what a nerve I had, number one, <laughs> to even be sitting at that table telling people who know better than I do about what PBS should be doing. That they should be doing this, you yeah. know. But, 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 Maria, this is what. But you were speaking from your heart. I was. So it wasn't like you were pitching them a business Correct. idea. I you know, were speaking, right? So I that's know. why. I know. Yeah. And so, but so when you, yes, of I did it. And when I did it, I did it. But now when I think back, I go, "Oh my God!" You know, <gasps> that, that took guts. That's right. <laughs> real took guts. <laughs> it took balls. Okay, and. Uh, so, you know, so, yeah, so I'm sitting there telling them all of the stuff that they should be doing and how, how they're getting it wrong by not doing it. And they turn mm-hmm. to me and go, I think that's a great idea. Go right ahead. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Go right yeah. ahead. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And they're like, make a pilot. Let's see how it looks. Oh, so you're responsible for making the pilot on your own? Yes. Oh, the bottle. Wow. Yes. So yes. I, I took, very good. Boy, you did well, your we, research. We cooked it. We tried to cook it, too. We attempted. Uh, you to attempted. Yes. With that, they tell me, go do it. So I'm like, oh, my God, what does that mean? And they said, well, you're going to have to find a camera people. You're going to have to find a pilot, blah, blah, blah. So I call oh, a friend boy. of mine. Uh, as I leave, oh, I call a friend and go, oh, my God, who's going to do okay. this? Or I call my husband first, okay. really, to be honest. With him. And he's like, oh, we're yeah. going to be we're going to be doing it. Well, fine. So and so has a camera. We've got this. We can do that. So they were friends of mine who did it for free, who did it for me feeding them. The Portuguese and kids, right? You, you yeah. got it. And it was the Portuguese kids. And That's they so put it together for me. And they're like, oh, my God, you know, this is great. So we did it. I sent the pilot in to them and they go perfect we want 13 more whoa whoa <laughs> so i'm like wow. how do i do like oh 13 oh, okay. more so at <laughs> that's that, a lot and because they take a minimum of eight and mm-hmm. the maximum of 13 um, to be a season okay um, so at that yeah. point the portuguese kids are like whoa that's beyond our like that's beyond our realm right now we could help mm-hmm. you with that but uh, we'll connect you with someone that we know. And it went from there. And I was connected to Dean Camara, who is out of California. And um, he is now a two-time Emmy winner Ooh, wow. in production. So uh-huh. 
He knows his stuff. He is of Portuguese descent. His family came from the Azores island of Santa Maria. When I spoke to him, actually he was coming down uh, for family because he still has family in the East Coast. That's when I met him face to face. When I talked to him about the project, he's like, I want to be in it. Um, I think because we knew that there was no other... uh, no other thing like it on PBS or mm-hmm. on TV anywhere. And mm-hmm. we knew how important it was to get it and to have it mm-hmm. done right. And mm. um, so it was from that <clears throat> conversation that took us further into making it. It took several years uh, for me to find the money because I had mm. to pay him. I had to pay yeah. all the people that are involved in it. Uh, I was not paid. I didn't pay myself. Um, I, but I have to pay people, you know. Right. And um, so Bacos Bank was my major sponsor. They gave me money, which when no one else had, I will mm-hmm. always be forever grateful to the to that man. Um, mm-hmm. And so. And then from there, it was in-kind service because I can't take foreign money. Um, So when we traveled to the Azores, we were given free airline tickets for everybody, free hotel accommodations. We were given like all of these things that they wanted to support us so much, but I couldn't receive money from them. But Mm in-kind service was just like money. You know, right. I, it was right. less money. Oh, I so had to you spend. had you had to do all of this all fundraising, of from mm. the airline to everything. raising the cash to the everything. And this is someone <laughs> who had no clue what the hell she was doing. <laughs> I just knew I had to have it done. Had to do it, and yeah. I had the had to opportunity to do it, and I was not going to give up on that opportunity. Mm. That mm. door opened. I was not going to close it. I was going to bust it wide open. And so when you're given an opportunity, incredible. You only you run. You mm. run. Mm. And that's what I did. And so I learned I was really baptized baptism by fire. It really was. When I see I don't know what I watch one of the videos and they show the camera crew, maybe it's when you're the salty cop, the bacalao. I don't know. Yeah, and you see all the cameramen in the grocery store and going Whoa. I mean, I, I've seen a little bit of that, but it's a lot. I became a professional yeah. juggler. And uh, so, yeah, absolutely. So um, mm. we, I had in mind that I was going to do 13 episodes, but I ran out of money. I ran out of money. So, but I had eight. I had mm-hmm. eight. You had and the be- minimum. Mm-hmm. I had the minimum. And I, uh, Dean, who... I mean, is a professional and is always doing professional work. Mm-hmm. This became a side project for him mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I could not afford what he normally yeah. gets paid. Mm-hmm. So for him, it was also a kind, uh, it was from his heart as well. So mm-hmm. it, I had to wait till he had time to work on it, to make it. So it took mm-hmm. several years, years to get mm. everything done and sent over to PBS. So once it gets there, then it's, you know, we have to close caption it. We have to translate. We have to, you know, all of these things that people do not even, again, mm. more things that I have no clue because I'm not in that business. I This mm-hmm. is the first for me. And mm-hmm. um, so it was a regional show. It was a regional show. I hand mm-hmm. it over to PBS, and there is no money exchange. PBS is a nonprofit entity. Mm-hmm. They don't have money. That's why they have fundraisers every year. Right. To keep their doors open. So when you make anything for PBS, you raise the money before, you get it done, you hand it over to them. Hmm. It was me handing over. There is no money exchange. People think, oh, my God, you must have gotten paid. Woo-hoo. No. <laughs> no, no. I got no. zero. zero. So, so did PBS, they didn't share it like with um, KQED, the PBS yep. out in so, San Francisco? Because you went out there. <laughs> I did, but that's a whole other thing. So oh boy. <laughs> it became, it was a regional show. So 
the airwaves for PBS Rhode Island goes out to half of Connecticut and mm -hmm. then all of Rhode Island, uh, parts of Massachusetts out to P-Town, but then up to Boston mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. GBH takes over. WGBH. Mm -hmm. So every state has their own PBS station and each are independently run. Wow, I didn't know that. So then the pandemic hit mm. in 2020. And we were already thinking in early 2020, hey, we got to make season two. So, you know, again, let's make more because so many people loved it. You know, regionally, it was still a regional show. Everybody loved it. Mm -hmm. So pandemic hit. Everything was at a stop. Everything had to stop. Mm -hmm. And um, so they kept re-airing and kept re-airing. The numbers um, were like incredible uh, for people watching it. And then um, there are three distributors for PBS. And one of the distributors reached out and uh, said, we'd like to distribute it nationally. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah going it's gonna happen mm -hmm. and um so wow. that happened in the end of 2020 if i'm not mistaken and then um 2021 uh i had family in the azores that were um how can i explain it uh we're getting married and bob and i mm -hmm. were going to be um the godparents of the wedding it's a little bit different there you have mm -hmm. witnesses mm -hmm. and then you have godparents and bob and i were going to mm -hmm. be godparents to daniela who is my cousin's daughter which we mm -hmm. adore her like she's one of mm -hmm. our own and um while we were there we had to be there for a month because during that time you had to quarantine for a week um, uh, right you know all of that mm -hmm. stuff so we said right. you know what right. we're gonna go we're gonna stay and just like whatever while we were there, I heard from Create TV. And Create TV is part of one of the other oh. um, mm -hmm. distributors, APT, and which is the major, major one. Like, that's the major. Mm. And, <laughs> it, says, <laughs> it says, we'd like to air your season in Create TV. Wonderful. Which is like huge, yeah, <laughs> massive audience. <laughs> massive. We're talking yeah. massive. Mm. Um, I think everyone in the United States heard my screaming and my jumping up and down <laughs> when I was in the Azores. Now, granted, all of this again, there is no money exchange. Everything is right. handed. Everything mm -hmm. is handed over, mm -hmm. and so. But all I knew is that it was not only national available, it was available nationally through the distributor to every station in the United States when the first time around. And it is up to each station to air it. So, and I gave them three years of rights. So mm -hmm. when I gave that right, that gives them three years to do whatever the heck they want, how to share how often they want, how, mm -hmm. air it, go, you know, whatever. So mm -hmm. with create now, create is a specific time, a specific channel, a specific date. So it is national distribution at its finest. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, it all blew up even more. And so now people everywhere in the United States, as well as Canadians who have the border states, the airways go on to them. Uh, mm -hmm, I was hearing mm -hmm. from them as well. So I was hearing people from British Columbia. I was hearing from people from Toronto, from Montreal, from like all of these, um, you know, areas as well as Hawaii and, uh, you know, um, Utah and Texas and, um, you know, of course, California, Colorado and the Carolinas mm. and Florida. And just, it was like <laughs> <laughs> in 
incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And the wonderful thing in all that was it was not just Portuguese people reaching out to me. Mm. That's the greatest. The greatest was people who said, I was never aware that the Azores existed. I did. I was not aware that mm-hmm. you know the Portuguese had done blah, you know whatever. Fill in the mm-hmm. blank. This was like so wonderful. I can't wait for more. Uh, it was just like you know I'm Italian. I'm Greek. I'm you know. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. You sound like you should be part of my family. You know. It was like. Mm-hmm. It was so much love. It was like oh, yeah. <laughs> how great wow. is that? So it. It's um, it's it was, it was a lot of work, but I'm so proud of it. I am so proud of it. Yeah, you should be. I'm so proud of it. And so we um we started talking again, um because you know every time we start talking about filming, it start things start surging, mm. and I I have to always be careful. You know I have to be careful, because you know. You, I have to not only film here in the United States, but I also have to film. My thing is half the United States, half in a territory that's Portuguese. So that's yeah. my... I, I think that's really, that's very unique. I mean, I, well, Lisa's the expert on watching food shows, oh, but I, love but I, I found... my job. <laughs> I found that that really, really hooked me in watching your uh, Maria because you have this very holistic approach. It's not just about... The recipe, the cooking, a little talking, but it's everything. The yes. Whole, so, Maria, what do what what do you have planned for season two? I, well, for season two, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what's funny is season two. I we went to California because mm-hmm. I started with because if I thought okay, if this is my only season that I get to make, I'm going to do some this way. Mm-hmm. I had to, my thinking in season one was. I did Rhode Island because Rhode Island, per percentage, has the most Portuguese people. Really? In percentages. Because it's such in a percentage, yes. Such a I wouldn't have thought of that. State. But yes, it's such the highest a, yeah. percentage of Portuguese are in Rhode Oops. Island, in all of the United States. Mm. And then I had to go to California, where they have the most actual physical Portuguese number of people that mm-hmm. are, are in California, spread out in a huge state. Um, and okay. so those are the okay, two, I had to do that. And then I also had to do San Miguel, which is where I was born and where mm-hmm. I was until I was six years old and where half of my family still live and reside. So mm-hmm. I had to show where I came from and, and show a little bit of, you know, my family and how things are in the island or how the island looks and all that. Because for some of the people who watched it, who were, you know, second generation, third generation, had never been to the Azores and were mm. watching it oh, for the first right. time. Right, the first time. Oh my goodness, they yeah. could not understand the beauty. Like, oh my God, I come from that? So I love love nothing more than hearing from people now going, I'm going for the first time because of you. This dish that's called the alcatra. Now, the alcatra is this meat dish. Now they do every kinds of meats as well as fish, as a a matter of fact. Uh, But it is cooked in a clay pot. And it is cooked low and slow for several hours and it's like not the greatest cuts of meats but at the end with all the spices and all of that stuff and the cooking the way that it's cooked in the clay pot it comes this amazing dish and that is a very moroccan take on the tangine Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. it's the, the i had a clay pot you we i soaked it first in water is that the same thing yes Maria? it is yes it is and then we put all your ingredients right. in it was really i don't so when it. i lived in south america in colombia they also in south america they also from the you know all the indigenous people mm-hmm. use clay pots also and the clay actually gives the food a yes, flavor yes it does right yes, it does <laughs> so now, it depends on the clay yeah and <laughs> yeah, so in, yeah. in the azores it's red clay it's the red clay 
Yeah, if you go, red. If you go to the continent, they use black, a black pot. Oh, right. That's yeah, summer red and summer black. Yeah. It's already seasoned. Oh, okay. So you don't have to soak. Oops. You don't have to mm. soak it. Oh, you don't have to soak no. it. No. So I have a clay one and I have the black one. And so when I mentioned somewhere that I use the black pot, oh my God, I got hell. I got hell. <laughs> They're like, no, that's Ooh. not the Azorian way. That's the mainland way. And I'm like, we're all Portuguese. Mm. There's, you know, we got to kind of, uh, it's all interconnected, folks. No, not yeah. putting anything down. But it's a, it's a science of sorts that needs to be mm -hmm. shown. People do not know about it. And that was a question we had for you, Maria. Yes. Is there a difference between yep. mainland, mainland Portuguese cooking. cuisine as opposed to the Azorian there is. There is. dishes? There is. There absolutely is. For the simple mm -hmm. fact that, you know, even in Portugal, it is different territories in Portugal. And within those territories, they cook differently. You've got the people in Trajos Montes, Trajos Montes, behind the mountains, and it is close to on the border of Spain. They that is where Portuguese gastronomy began. That is where Portugal began, and that is where I can trace my ancestors to. So, I can't help but it's been in my DNA since the beginning. I guess you know. Um, so they cook very hearty. They cook uh, lots of meats. Lots of vegetables, like a lot of uh, no-nonsense breads, breads with meats in it. It's um, a very, um, a very soulful way of cooking. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm -hmm. very hearty. Yes, very and so hearty. and up there they had they didn't have cows, they had sheep. So the lamb, because cold lamb, you got so it's a different mm -hmm. way. Not that much fish because you're up in the mountains. In the you're mountains, not, yeah. Uh, then as and the you weather go, was more rugged. Probably. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a different way of cooking. Yeah. Then you have you have a lot of smoked meats. That's where you have oh. a lot of the uh, the sausages, and that's a whole other mm -hmm. history of how sausage mm -hmm. making is made mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you got a lot of pork. You know the whole bit. Then you keep going further mm -hmm. down. The closer that you get to the water, now you're introducing the sardines the um the 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 different stuff that comes through the the oranges mm -hmm. of the algarve the uh, you know it it gets all the sweets the con conventional sweets of that were made by you know all these nuns that had all these extra egg yolks right yeah you know that because right. the egg whites were used to to use for sizing Starch yes yeah. they yeah. used yes. sizing <laughs> for their habits and the priests habits so, I did hear that. So you have all these extra egg yolks. So anytime you see a Portuguese dessert recipe that asks for 12 egg yolks, you know that the origin... <laughs> the nuns. The nuns. <laughs> it's the origin That's the nata, right? The yes, yes. Oh, so yeah. they went on because they were not paid. They were very poor, the nuns. They would sell some of their sweets to earn money. And then when, um, you know, the Pope decided we're going to close all these nunneries and you're not going to be, uh, you know, making starches now for this. We're not going to feed you anymore. They depended on those desserts to be um, mm -hmm. their income. So mm -hmm. a lot of that after they sold their recipes uh, to certain people, again, for raising money for themselves. Mm -hmm. So. There are specific families in the mainland that have specific recipes that they will not share that come from the origin of the nuns. It's, it's, wow. it's really fascinating. such beautiful things. And yeah. um, soups in the, up in the top were very hearty soups. Mm -hmm. You come mm -hmm. down, you're talking about more uh, fish stews. You're looking at, you know, the 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 different kind of ways that they cook uh seasonings are not very spicy um mm -hmm. they they season but not with the kick that we have in the azores the azores tend to have more spice in it mm -hmm. um okay. and then you have um the azores which again we're an island we're a semi-tropical island 
we're going to have different things there growing that is not grown in the mainland. So we right. have this root called uh, the taro root, which mm -hmm. is oh, something sure. that Hawaiians have. Uh, we mm -hmm. have Portuguese who've been to Hawaii. We've been there for so long um, because of the sugarcane plantations uh, that we mm -hmm. went out there. So, and that's why they have molasadas because we brought that out oh. there as well as uh, the people from Madeira um, because they also went out there for the sugarcane plantation to, as workers. So, um, yeah, oh my God, I can just, I can keep going on and on and on. <laughs> I did make your roast chicken. Ooh. But I cut it in half because I don't have a big family. I don't want a big eight pound chicken. And it was delicious. I had yes. to cut down a little bit on the hot red That's okay. chopped peppers. That's okay. Because, but it does add a lot of wonderful flavor. And putting the, the chorice, that imparts so much flavor. It oh, really it, does. And the onions. And that was delicious. Oh, thank I will you. make that again for sure. Yeah, she called me up after she made it. She said, oh, Sarah, you have to try Maria's chicken recipe. So I gave Sarah so, so she gave me some of the red peppers. Hot red peppers. Because <laughs> I can't use it's a big, yeah, you know, 16-ounce yes, bottle. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that is it. You know, uh -huh. it's you can make it as, you can tweak it to your family. You can. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I have the recipe. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. my chicken was only about four pounds. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I put it in a Dutch oven. It was it was really really very That's awesome. very flavorful. Now, what happened mm -hmm. with the codfish? Okay, oh. so first of all, it was a great adventure because we went over to Fall River. Oh, we went to Portugal. Yeah, we went to Portugalia. I had never been in that market before. It's beautiful. Yes, it is. And we spoke with Frank. Oh, right? Frank! He's Your the cod Frank. guy. I love Frank. The yes. cod guy. He loves you oh. too. He loves you too. Oh my God! I love Frank. And and yeah. he really educated us. We told him we've never made this before, you know. And but what when, do we, let me interject. My uh, mother, who oh, was this a is right. really yeah, wonderful right. cook and a, a physician, by the way, she would always find time to cook. And she would make that at Christmas, yes. the bacalao, and it. And she put it in this wonderful fish casserole shaped, and we loved yeah. it. Hers was better than ours. Yeah, oh. ours. <laughs> we didn't fall. Well, we didn't fall the directions exactly. You know, I was. Uh, well, this is the thing. We were. We were just. We were. I think our mindset was, this is a project. You know, we weren't cooking it for. You a know, friend. a family. Yes, yes. yes, we hadn't planned to. We were just going. It was more an experiment. Yeah. And because of that. My excuse is I was multitasking with my job and, and you know, and I forgot, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to put in the milk now and I don't have any milk. Oh. I think we soaked it too long too. Uh, we soaked it for, we, yeah, because we, we went, couldn't get whoa. together because Sarah's so busy oh, all the yeah, time. Oh yeah, and it will, it, <laughs> um, it will come out. It, yeah. no. Personally, I, there are some people. 24 hours. Yeah, there's some people that like to soak it for days and I'm thinking to myself, they're like, we want to remove the salt mm -hmm. and I'm like, well. I'd rather have the salt in it already than to remove no. it and add after, because I yes, I, I yeah, that was a mistake. That was the biggest mistake over yeah. soaking. Yeah. yeah, and not adding enough olive oil between. Yeah, we didn't oh, add enough. Okay. Yeah, I thought, yeah. oh no, we need a lot yeah. more. So the yeah, thing is, is for, when I, it comes to because it really is, um, by the time you soak it for oh, you know twenty four hours, more than enough. More than enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then you cook it, you know, you, you boil it, and um, mm -hmm. and you boil it. I mean, you soak, the last soaking is in milk. And the milk. then, which right. is, that's my mom and my aunt would so, do that. So when you do the milk, when you take it out of the milk, do you put it right into the um, boiling water? You I, know, I put it in the water, and then I let it boil, and I let it cook. Yeah, my don't aunt, rinse it off. Don't rinse yeah, it. Yeah, I don't yeah. rinse it, no. Uh, my aunt mm -hmm. goes sometimes yeah, further, and she boils it in the milk. Oh. Which I don't. I My mom never did that. Mm. So, it, it mm -hmm. again, there's no there's no right or wrong, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I you know mm -hmm. what? And mm -hmm. if you see Brazilians doing that, they do that. The Brazilian oh, way of cooking. They boil it in the milk. They actually cook it in the milk, which is kind of different. Hmm. So, but yeah, I just I watched my mother. I, I just my took, goodness. I just take that, put it yeah. in, and I cook it, and so that it mm -hmm. becomes flaky. It you can you touch it yeah. and it flakes. Right. You don't overdo it. You just do that. 
So you have that. You put that up. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, you don't Just overdo it. Finger. Yeah. As long as okay. it's going to go in the oven. It's going in the oven. Right. right? So, right. Um, right. And so, yeah. So you can get it. You can go with a fork. You can get it to, to kind of peel off. It's mm -hmm. done. So mm -hmm. take mm -hmm. that off. Drain it. Let it cool off so you can handle it. And at that point, right. I you want to saute as many onions as possible. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't do it. That's what I felt like we I needed think there to were do. Two great big no, onions. we. Oh, on you can never have <laughs> yeah, too many. That's, that's my that's sautéed. Yes. Usually, my the onions that I get are these huge ones. And then as I'm doing, I cut it up. I know that my pan is like so much onions so full. that you go, oh my god, mm -hmm. how? But you know, it all goes down. They're gonna cook it's down. down. Yes. And, yes. and if you love mm -hmm. onions, you need to add more than than not. You know. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you. This was such fun, Maria. <laughs> thank you yeah, so much. No, it's been no, a real pleasure. You know, the whole thing is, is when you start. That's the whole thing. When you when I start talking about my food, my culture, just family, your and passion. All, it is. I could, I could talk passion. about it forever because it is mm -hmm. something that. Um, yeah, it's in my heart. It's in my heart, and I can't help it. It is. Yeah. It's, you can tell. Well, it's wonderful that you speak from your heart. Mm. So thank you. For over 25 years, I was a teacher, and one of my greatest joys in life is seeing people light up when they have an aha moment. It is pure magic. I've now combined teaching with my knowledge of health into live workshops. I teach throughout the country about gut health, and how to transform your health. If you'd like to know when I'll be in your city, subscribe to my newsletter in the description of this podcast.